2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. It's time for the opening, the, the opening drive.
3: Hey, so I'm with you because I have to tell you that I have said this before and it bears repeating briefly. I really don't like this season and it has <laughs> a little to do with what's going on on the field, What I and, and the development and emergence of Justin Fields is tremendous for the Bears. It's been so long since they've had a franchise quarterback. So you like that aspect for the sake of the franchise. What I don't like about this season is that the way I'm wired, it's very difficult objectively to look at what's happening at Hallis Hall and to not look critically at losses the way we are conditioned to look critically at losses. And from a journalist standpoint, that's different. From a competitor standpoint, we're all, I mean, former athletes or whatever, I don't understand how you can be on a football, ever have played football before or been part of a team and look at what's going on at Hallis Hall and have these losses absorbed as easily as they seem to be absorbed in the fan base. And I'm not saying one way is necessarily right or one necessarily wrong. It does create some lively debates, as you have had on the radio. Thank <laughs> you lively debates on, on the score. Um, But Dan, it's an uncomfortable reality that the bears have a lot of people believing that the more they lose, the better off they will be because this is the year they found their quarterback and the rest just doesn't matter.
1: There's a, there's a big group of fans, David, that when Justin Fields got out against the dolphins, not the lions against the dolphins for that 61 yard touchdown run a week plus ago, uh that was it. That was the end of the 2022 season. It was pop the corks, uh blow up the balloons get out the mission accomplished banner and, 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 and proclaim that the 2022 season is an undeniable success because the quarterback showed enough playmaking ability to establish that he can be a reliable starting quarterback in the NFL. And at that point, nothing else matters. You don't have to go and lead game winning drives. Uh, your team doesn't have to be crisp uh, it, it, within coaching decisions or on defense, or even on offense in, in, in game deciding situations it's over the season's over. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I'm supposed to cancel my flights for the rest of the season. I got two Coming up to Atlanta and, and Newark the next two weeks. Uh, maybe stay home for the home games because it, it, none of this matters anymore because 2022 is over, right? Like that is the verdict that has been cast by a lot of people. Nothing else matters because Justin Fields has shown that he is an unqualified success as a quarterback or that at least his development in year two is an unqualified success because they've unlocked the ability to score 30 points on a regular basis. And Justin's found ways to make plays on an every half basis. And so that's it. Like, like, where do we go from here? If that's the conclusion that's drawn?
3: Well, I think it's interesting because it's not even enough for, for some in some camps to believe that to acknowledge. And and I think we both uh, agree here. Justin Fields's emergence and development this year is the most important aspect of this organization for 2020. But it's not the only thing that matters. And, and that's where I push back a little bit and try to, try to at least uh, have these ongoing conversations. And they seem to be redundant at times, but I think it does bear repeating because it does matter the most, but it's not all that matters because there are 52 other guys in there because you do have to create Um, a winning culture you have to give I think the Bears are in trouble right now because they're in the midst of a three-game losing streak they're going on the road and even though it's a beatable team what we saw against the Lions is that this team is not developing you know winning habits and so you can learn how to lose just as easily as you can learn how to win and with a young team that's a dangerous slide to begin and not all losses are created equal there are losses that are against the Dolphins Not a bad loss. I'll I'll acknowledge that. I think we both did. There were a lot of good, positive things about the Dolphin loss where you could look back at big picture-wise and say, okay, we get it. That's Tyree Kill and company. We came close. Justin Fields broke out. Great. The Lions lost, there were no silver linings. You know, you, you did not have any bright spots emerge. They're, they're, you can't look at even the 67-yard touchdown run and feel that good about it. I can't from a tape, like if I'm evaluating tape perspective, like, okay, he's explosive, he's spectacular, he's a star in the making, but there were other things that came up and you can't blow a two-touchdown lead at home in the fourth quarter. So I, I think, Dan, that we're trying to get to the same place here. But it is frustrating because I just think that there's not a whole lot there's not a consensus, not that you need one, but there's not even maybe a majority of people that look at this bear season and feels like feel like they think it's over because all that matters is they found the quarterback. The rest doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. It, well, so so this leads to a couple conversations. The first one being, well, first I'm going to give a shout out to loyal Take the North listener, Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times, who loves to listen to this program and, and figure out what we're thinking. But he uh, kind of subtweeted us on on it was either Sunday night or Monday morning and 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 basically inferred that, that we were calling the loss to the Lions cataclysmic. Let's be clear here. I don't think either one of us is saying that that loss was cataclysmic. I think we're saying that in games that you can win and should win against bad teams, you should try to win. And if you fail in those moments. It's not just you shrug past it and say, Oh, well, good try sports. We'll get them the next time because that's what we do. Right? Like, I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I just don't know where that, that mindset comes in. The other part of this conversation, David, that confuses me is there's, there's, it's, it's almost like there is this belief in that fraternity that the 2023 off season is going to be an unqualified success. That the Bears are going to bet 875 with all of their draft picks. They're going to bet 875 with all their free agency acquisitions, and that they're going to successfully, in one offseason with draft capital and a lot of salary cap space, fill the 42 holes on the roster that we've been led to believe that they have by the people in the fraternity that say Justin Fields doesn't have a single teammate that's worth a damn. <laughs> and he's, he's winning these games by himself. And so right. like the assumption is that they're just going to go in and they're going to, they're going to stock the roster with star starters and standout playmakers. And all of a sudden they're going to be on the the express lanes to success. And I, 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 I really like, I really like, that's, that's where we're, we're going to go with that. I, I've got a couple uh, outside the podcast, messages that i'm gonna to have to share anonymously with you at some point but i i mean I, are you getting the same vibe that is just sort of a foregone conclusion that 2023 is going to be the well, the I, magic I, springboard
3: i i do think that there's uh, there are a lot of assumptions being made that i'm not comfortable making about the nfl draft i think that we've covered enough drafts and <laughs> you can point out the difference in drafting 17th and 5th or 6th and 18th or whatever, and you can find a disparity in in the players and the talent and the value of the draft pick. But number one, I, I don't know that you can assume anything about a general manager in Ryan Poles who hasn't made a first round draft pick before. And I think that to assign that kind of credibility or to give him that kind of confidence that that, that outweighs everything about the draft outweighs anything that happens during the season. And I've never been one who believes that because I think that the draft is too haphazard at times. And it's too much of a uh, of a crapshoot, if you will, to to place as much emphasis as playing for a draft position. Uh, it allows that to happen. And and I just don't think that's that's smart. I don't I don't I don't, I don't think that's smart. I, I think that is short sighted, actually. And so. And it also misses the point for anybody that cares about winning and losing. <laughs> so I, I really am uncomfortable with that. That's why I don't like this season. It's a very uncomfortable weekly exercise in, in restraint because you're trying to like you're trying to like resist all these things. Like they, they lost a the game. I mean, it drives you crazy. Well, and the, 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 they celebrate the fact that they they they're they're improved the draft position because they can go out and draft somebody they want to develop into a type of player who who what? I mean, it's just right. it's well and counterintuitive.
1: Ask the Browns, the Lions, the Jets what it's like to have top ten draft picks all the time and you know, and, and miss on them, right? Like and and not get them right and how quickly that gets you back on the road to relevance. I think like there the, the this idea that that in order to attain success you have to fail significantly is sort of disconnected, right? Like this idea that that you can tank and and it doesn't matter because ultimately when when the games matter again, you just find the magic gear and you hit the on switch and you're ready to succeed in game-winning moments because that's just what happens, right? Like And and it's just not there. That's why the the loss on Sunday uh, unnerved me a little bit because you had, we'll get into this in the QB1 segment, but you had opportunities, many opportunities in the fourth quarter to put that game away. And across all three phases, you failed, including offensively. And then in the last series, of the game, you needed to gain 45 or 50 yards against the league's worst defense. Right, like this isn't, you know, like we can sit here for until the the, the we turn blue in the face and say the the win loss record for 2022 doesn't matter. Like that's unanimous across the city of Chicago. But when you have opportunities to win games late against bad teams with bad defenses, why doesn't it matter to you that the quarterback and his supporting cast aren't capable of going down the field and getting that done? Right, like that would have been a really nice moment to go beat the Lions yesterday and say, hey, we did it. We've got one in our cap. Right, right. skin's on the wall, as John right. Fox used to call them. Right? Oh, just for morale's sake,
3: too. I mean, Dan, you're in the locker room regularly, and, and I know that we heard Eddie Jackson kind of frustrated post game, wanting to do what the defense can to pick up the offense and Justin Fields. And it was very, it's a valiant attempt to kind of have the defense carry its weight. That's not going to get any easier. And I think it's not gonna get even any easier once the losses start to stack and they already have. So that's from a morale standpoint. The other thing I think I wanna address real briefly is that this notion about we all, the, the rebuild, and we both are well aware of how rebuilds work. And I think the thing that you don't wanna sound defensive about is, you know, lashing out, uh, we've never covered this before. And what are you looking at? Don't you know what it goes? Don't you know what goes into a rebuild? Of course we do. But this isn't baseball.
1: And <laughs> thank you.
3: And Ryan Poles is not Theo Webstein. <laughs>
1: And so <laughs> I don't I don't know where this narrative mushroomed up, but it seems like in the last five or six days, this has suddenly become the 2014 Cubs. Like uh, I, I'm getting that from many directions now. That it's like, oh, the Cubs did this, so the Bears are going to find their way to their 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 long lost Super Bowl now well, too. I,
3: I was around the 2014 Cubs, okay, and I was around Theo Epstein for every day that he was the president of that franchise. And this ain't that. And so and baseball is much different than the NFL you know, the rebuilds don't have to take as long and they don't necessarily even have to be as complete. It, you can tear it down to the studs. That's, that's what people want to say. Um, that's fine. But there are ways that you can also, um, you, you can serve two masters. You can, re, you, you, you can, you don't have to abandon every opportunity at a victory, especially when one is staring you at the, in the face in the fourth quarter Uh, against a trash team, as you called the Lions. (laughs) They are, they're trash. I know they are at home. (laughs) And so that's why I think that we don't know what a rebuild is. We know what it requires, but when you miss an opportunity, you can't feel good about that.
1: There is no dispute. No one in the NFL disputes that the Lions are trash. You blew a fourteen-point lead against them and lost to them on your home field, which then makes you trash. And there are people in Chicago that say, "Yeah, I agree with you. The Bears are trash." And so my my follow-up question to that is then then why the balloons? Why the confetti? Why the the the, the popped corks? Why why the the banners that say the mission's accomplished? Like if if you're still trash just because you've gotten a very important piece of the puzzle uh, to be ready to fit, right? Like for the most part, uh, wh- why, why, does nothing else matter at that point? Right? Like the, 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 climb from trash to championship contender is really steep and it's really long. And, and I, 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 there's a disconnect between how far away those two things are and what the current jubilation is i get it like and and, and you said something on sunday night that, that made me think david and we can talk about this for a minute or so just about the the the, the world we live in and, and the fact that the our audiences now on talk radio and in social media can shout at us <laughs> literally at every minute of the day right like while you're forming a thought they're shouting at you and the question for me is like look like i covered we've talked about this before i covered college basketball for seven seasons on tobacco road which included three national championship teams is my vision clouded by that yes because i saw what championship success looked like, as you did with the Cubs, as they built that program. And again, this isn't that. But I bring that up because in my entire time on the ACC basketball beat in North Carolina, social media was just a – it wasn't a thing for the first five or six. And then the last year and a half, it was just kind of a thing. And so you didn't have this constant shouting coming at you and bombarding you from the audience and saying, you're an idiot, or think about this. And and what I'm trying to do, based on what you said on Sunday night, is make sure that that's not – Creating pushback that is detached from the analysis that I'm doing through the press box windows, through my interviews at House Hall, through my reporting, rewatching games, and 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 trying to, to at least put up a barricade that prevents it from becoming sort of this. What I think We're you good. said, where, where other people are trying to 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 prove their right, right? No, like,
3: and and I think that's that's almost what you have to do, and not have to do, but I think it helps because you do. what you want to do is is you don't. You, you, look, we're not fans. I know that <laughs> will not come as any surprise to anybody who's familiar with either one of us or this podcast or whatever. We're, we're not fans. And, and even, you're a journalist. You work at the Chicago Tribune. I still consider myself a journalist, even though I went to the Sports Talk Radio realm <laughs> about five years ago. But I still, like, that's the way we define ourselves. That's the way we evaluate what we're watching. And when you do that, there is an element that you become conditioned to removing emotion from the equation. And what social media tempts us both to do on a regular basis and that's just social media but i think it's the way things are today is to be emotional in your response to be you get a little defensive and you get your backup when someone's calling you a hater when somebody's texting me this morning at seven o'clock telling me that i don't understand you know what it takes to be a rebuild you want to resist those opportunities to to shout to try to shout louder than the guy shouting at you. And so that's difficult. But but Dan, it doesn't serve anybody any good because the fact of the matter is the Bears are still in the midst of this. They have seven games to go in this season. And each and every game, I think the obligation for us is the same thing, is to try to evaluate what happened to the game, how that fits into the big picture. And in that context, what it means to, you know, maybe individuals along the way, the most the important of which is Justin Fields. And that has got to be, the guiding force and I know that's just sounds like maybe lecturing or whatever but I, but I think that it's it's it bears you know sounding out because it does become difficult in this climate to not get into a shouting match with whoever you're having a discussion with.
1: So I had two conversations, one on the phone and one over text with uh, two folks who have been inside the building at Helles at some point. Uh, One of them is a former coach that I reached out to uh, just to to answer a a strategic question. And a next is an O's question. And then the conversation got around to this. And and I'm just going to paraphrase this. I'm reading this from my phone right now, just so you have this. And he, he said, this, this is about, Justin Fields he said splash paper splash player people will get excited about it until they don't he represents hope but hope is not a strategy just so you're clear this is someone who believes that Justin Fields has potential to be a long-term franchise quarterback that can be a star in this league later went on to say at quarterback regardless of the situation you have to be judged on your ability to win games Okay. Right. Like, so Sunday was an opportunity where a win got away. So that was an interesting piece of feedback and a longer conversation regarding that. I also heard from a former bears player who has been startled the last two weeks at how low the bar has become for the fan base. That is obviously intoxicated and rightfully so by what Justin Fields has done in terms of, of turning on highlight reels, right? Like you, you can, scroll through (laughs) Twitter and run into a Justin Fields highlight every hour of the day now, because that's how many he's producing, but how that doesn't equate to any sort of promise of long-term success. There are a lot of great quarterbacks in this league that don't, attain the ultimate prize, first of all, which is the Super Bowl, that's 25 miles from where we are right now, right? Like we're not even in that realm, but also don't even attain sustained success because there's so many factors that go into this. And so I guess my confusion uh, and maybe our producer can, can help us out with this a little bit, Adam Staczynski, but just my, my confusion is, 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 so what exactly is the celebration for right now? Right? Like, and if it's just for Justin, I'm, I'm willing to get on board there. Right. And I'm willing to to, to, to say, OK, let's let, let's let's celebrate what this last month has been for this quarterback that's growing. But but, you know, what's next? Like, what's the next
0: goal? And when do you expect to get there? So here's my talk to me, Stubbs. Yeah. So here's my perspective <laughs> on the whole. And thing. by the it's, way, uh,
3: let me let me interject this for Adam does. Adam spent. Between three and five a.m. <laughs> Monday morning, taking phone calls from Bears fans on six seventy to score, as he does and tends to do after home games or after after Bears games on Sunday at noon. So he does have uh, interaction with these fans. He does have his finger on the pulse with this conversation. Yeah. and he is a fan himself.
0: Yeah. So, and, and I, I constantly trust me, guys. Like I constantly am am finding myself trying to toe the line between seeing what's happening and trying and and when i'm analyzing the game try not to be too emotional about it but realizing that it's okay to be emotional about it sometimes so when we talk about like justin fields in the future like i I think the fan base gets so intoxicated by him because they've never had a guy like this and you know we the bears have never had a quarterback that is just all over twitter all over sports center All over the NFL highlight package. And so that makes people excited and happy and rightfully so like he's made so much progress and he's starting to look like the guy, but where I think some of the fan base gets lost is you can't just have no bar even in a season that we all understand was never going to go anywhere, right? We all knew coming into the season, like I think I predicted the most wins on this podcast. I think I said six or seven wins. So none of us were predicting playoffs. This isn't going to six. be, yeah, this is going to be a, a meaningless season in regards to to overall success as a team. But there has to be a minimum bar somewhere. Like you have to, when you, and when you have an opportunity to to win a game at home against a against a bad team, a division rival, you can't just say, "Oh, oh, well, better draft position," and not <laughs> hold them accountable for not winning the game. Like, like I understand that. Yes, in the long run, next year, if things go right and they get a top five pick and they they don't screw that up and and they get an awesome edge rusher three technique, receiver, whatever, then we'll all look at this Lions game and say, oh, okay, well, you know what, in the long run, that was good for them because they got this really good player. But there's that doesn't mean there's not something valuable in a team struggling to find ways to win, finding a way to win a game that they had right there for them. And like, I think that's a missed opportunity if you're looking at a young team. So that, that's the way that I look at it. And then as far as, you know, the next step, like, you guys are right. We can't assume that everything's going to go right for the team going forward. We can't assume that they have a top five draft pick and they nail it. How many times have we seen the Bears in previous regimes just totally blow that pick? What's the highest pick they ever had, right? Number three, right? So that and correct? then it became, and it became number two when they traded up to get Trubisky, right? And they got fleeced. Yes. And so... They got fleeced. So, I, like, we can't assume these things... So, but I think, like, I understand all the excitement. I'm, I'm excited too. Like, and we all acknowledge that the most important thing is Justin Fields, have like showing that he can be a franchise quarterback. We all acknowledge that, but that doesn't mean that we just say nothing else matters. That's what it also also doesn't mean that you don't ask for Justin to take important steps that are that are qualifications for being uh, for being a championship fueling quarterback, which includes winning games at the end and like not throwing an egregious pick six that, you know, cost your team a lead. Now, he he turned around and he got the lead back, so he gets credit for that, but he had to get the lead back because of his own mistake.
3: Right. That's the that's the argument for that. All right, that's a good Jay
1: Culler got that. an eight-year contract out
0: of that.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: Ask Phil Emery about that down in Atlanta. Uh, thanks, Adam. Um, okay, right. so that, that's I can the fan perspective. Um, the only thing I'd add before we move on to our QB1 breakdown because we don't want to get too far into this. But um, the the thing that I hear that I, you, you it was mentioned during your, your sparring uh, afternoon with Dan Bernstein a little bit, or <laughs> that was around noon. And it was a really good, lively discussion. It's good radio. And you know, I respect where Dan is coming from. Again, what we believe isn't right, what he believes isn't wrong. It's just a matter of a difference of opinion sometimes or, or people who are in that camp. It's just a difference of opinion in sports. Yeah. I always have resisted this idea that it's is is so black and white that you every move is evaluated by does it get you closer to the super bowl <laughs> okay, there are a lot of teams every year okay how many teams There's 32 teams in the league 30 of them don't get to the super bowl you said something during that interview, which is very interesting. You said, you know, not not every quarterback gets to the Super Bowl. And so, I mean, is that an unrealistic standard? No, you want to be lofty in your goals. You want to be ambitious in the way you approach it, aggressive attacking. All those things are true, but you also have to be somewhat realistic. And so when you're creating this yeah. and you're making progress, you have having opportunities to take steps. You want to take them. You don't want to miss them. And the other aspect is that we ask all the time, is this – is this sustainable with Justin Fields? Is this style of play sustainable? I, I I think that you know that that's an interesting question because yes, I think the answer is absolutely. You can play in the NFL this way Correct. with a quarterback that is this gifted as a runner, and they'll develop him as a passer. You
1: You've can't. been getting texts from Zach Zayman too.
3: Um, <laughs> is that yeah? yeah but yeah, but mostly about the Cubs um, and, and Syracuse. No. um, but but yeah, the thing is is that can you win, win? Can you win that way? Not just play that way. And I think that whether it was Zach or whether I told said that to somebody else, is that I think it's a valid thing to remember. Can you win that way in a style that you can obviously play that way? We know Justin Fields has arrived, but what does that really mean?
1: Right. Well, and then the, you know, the, the, thought process is oh, as soon as they get all this other talent around them, they're just going to win 30 to 17, right? Like the defense is going to hold every opponent to 17 and they're not going to be in late game drives and, and the offense is never going to regress. And, you know, Justin's never going to hit a, another pothole in, in his development and it's just full steam ahead. I think we know from experience, like, like I'll say this, like first and foremost, like the, your quarterback doesn't need to have the same stylistic nuance that he had in 1996 or 2003 right like this is a a different era of football right now that allows for what Justin Fields is doing to be absolute fuel to where you want to go but I think we also know that football games that we watch every single Sunday Monday Thursday in the NFL are often won by the quarterbacks that make game winning passing plays in the fourth quarter of a close game right like there's just examples every single week where you say of course the Packers beat the Cowboys because Rogers found something right The, the week before Brady has a terrible game but on the final drive leads the, the Buccaneers down the field to, to beat the Rams. You see playmakers step up in the passing game in those moments in the fourth quarter of games and 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 win it. Right. And so so like that's something that Justin has to show. He has to show that he can win the game as a passer in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. And and he's shown us a lot this season. And, and it's worth, again, wrapping your arms around and saying this is fun. This is energizing. This is this is pushing us in the right direction okay well now just acknowledge that there's another part of this that 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 needs to it's a box that needs to be checked it absolutely has to be checked to even give yourself a chance
2: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds